Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to USA Football's Coach and Coordinator Podcast, where top football coaches from around the country share their stories, philosophies. On today's Coach and Coordinator Podcast, we're going to focus on relationships. We're going to talk about building a career maybe in a non-traditional way. And joining us to talk about some of those things is the safeties coach at Kent State University, Will Windham. Will, great to have you here on the podcast. Man, thanks for having me, Keith. Really excited. Um, you know, something cool, just the opportunity to get to talk ball and, um, you know, maybe talk about some things that were different about my path and than other guys' paths, you know, and, and being able to help guys along the profession. That's what we're all here for. Nobody made it far in this profession without getting help from somebody. So Absolutely. You know, one of the unique things is that I, I sit down and I, you know, I do 260 of these interviews a year and and a lot of a lot of those are with new coaches that I haven't talked to before. And we talk about their coaching journey. And I can honestly say that everybody everybody's journey is unique in some way. And um, for you, it started at the high school level. Uh, you you didn't play in college, but you started coaching high school ball after college at Mississippi State. Yeah. So once I graduated, I uh, I got a degree in education in math and social studies because. I was wanted to be a high school, you know, coach and teacher, uh, and I was told, you know, social studies. That's if you get a degree in social studies, every coach teaches social studies. And so find another niche. And so um, I'm an analytical thinker, and so I jumped into the math realm, and uh, that's how I initially got my first job down at St. Stanislaus down in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi, right out of college, and um, was teaching math down there, and got approached by the head coach. Um, a guy by the name of Forrest Williams, uh, who's a dear friend of mine, I was actually in one of the, the groomsmen in my wedding, and uh, and he um, he uh, said, "Hey, we need a we need some some help coaching. Can you come coach with me?" And so that's how I got my first opportunity and jumped in. Was was really fortunate. Uh, year one, we won a state championship. Um, we were really good on offense, I'll say that. And uh, we actually had Brett Favre's nephew, Dylan Favre, was our quarterback, and uh, had some really good receivers. Um, a guy who ended up pitching at Southern Miss. Um, you know, some, some really good athletes and uh, ended up winning the state championship that first year. And, um, uh, you know, I, I took some guys to some camps and, and worked the camp scene and kind of got intrigued by the college coaching world. Uh, and, and so I was working Mississippi State's camp and um, a guy by the name of Marcus Lovings, who was the D-line graduate assistant there, was like, hey, you might want to think about um, getting into college coaching. And I was like, man, I, you know, I didn't play college ball you know, most, most guys that coach college football played college football. Like that's, I felt like that was one of the prerequisites and, you know, their position coach helped them get a job or 
you know, something of that manner. And so he was like, look, man, anybody, you know, if you have the drive and the work ethic and the want to, you can coach college football. And so Marcus was kind of the guy who planted the first seed. Um, so I guess that's a little mini plug for Marcus, um, who's coaching D-line and uh, for Coach Hutz with that <laughs> at Austin P. And, um, and so Marcus uh, said, he actually called me in that January and said, hey, man, listen, I'm going with Coach Hud to, to Louisiana. Uh, are you still interested or would you be interested? And I was like, I hadn't even really thought about it since we talked about it at that camp, but sure. And so he, uh, he, he got me in touch with, with Coach Chris Wilson, uh, who was the D-line coach and, and coordinator there at the time, and got into grad school and, and took a job at Mississippi State. And, you know, kind of the rest of history, I guess, just bouncing around. And, and you know, as Coach Franklin would say, well, I worked for Penn State, staying broke as long as I could to, to learn and be a sponge. And, um, you know, I was a GA at, or, you know, QC at, at, you know, several different places. And, again, I think the biggest thing that got instilled in me early on in my career was literally to be a sponge. You know, uh, Jeff Collins was on staff at Mississippi State uh, when I was there. And, and his big thing was, man, he told me a couple of things about being a GA. His first thing, he came in and he wrote it on the whiteboard, really big letters, YCW. And he said, that stands for you can't win. He goes, even when you think you're right as a GA, you can't win. So just remember that. And he said, the other thing is, learn as much as you possibly can. And if you don't like the way things are being done, write it down in a notebook. And I actually went to Walmart and bought a five-subject uh, notebook that I still have to this day. It's yellow, and it has, you know, my um, head coach thoughts, you know, things I've learned along the way that if I am ever fortunate to be a head coach, then I'll, you know, do things that way. Um, you know, there's coordinator thoughts, there's recruiting thoughts, and every little tab in there, um, I just write down notes, even to this day, that say, like, hey, I like the way that we did this at Kent State, and I'll write that note down for, you know, if I'm ever in, in a position to be a recruiting coordinator or, you know, in that decision to make those, in that position to make those decisions. So. Yeah, I can tell you, Will, I have boxes and boxes of notebooks. I, I really am not sure why, because they just sit in my garage and in those boxes. But, uh, you know, those, it, I think it, to me, it just represents that, that work you do, you know, that being a sponge, there's so much to this game that, you have to take that approach. And, and for me, it's just hard to, I, I'm probably never going to look at those things again, but it's hard to part with those because of what they represent. No doubt. And, and then at the end of the day, it was, that's like, those are, you put time and invested and anytime you put time and invest in something, it's, it means more to you, you know, like now that we've been on this quarantine for a while, like I love cooking and I've been cooking a lot, Well, the food tastes a lot better when I cook it, you know, just cause I put my time and effort into it. And so I think that's the same with, you know, the work that you do is, you know, you're, you put a lot of work into that and those are your notes and your craftsmanship. And so you're right. It is hard to part with those things sometimes. Well, you talked about, you know, using some of the relationships you developed early on to be able to crack that door, but you've had uh, the opportunity, as you said, to be a sponge and learn from some great people along the way. You mentioned Jeff Collins, you mentioned coach Franklin before we got going, you know, Herb Hand was another one. You mentioned Dan Mullen, um, all kinds of guys who certainly have uh, been able to reach the top in this profession. Um, for you, how important have those relationships been? Um, they've been really, really good. Um, you know, we, we didn't talk about, you know, before we got started, just the, the time that I spent at the University of Georgia um, with Coach Smart. I mean, he's one of the, the most brilliant defensive minds I've ever been around. And um, I was fortunate, you know, you talk about those relationships and how you're kind of right place at the right time. When I was a GA at Penn State, I had put together 
Um, well, let me let me backtrack a little bit. We had this like master self scout book that uh, Coach Collins had us built when we were GAs at Mississippi State, and so I took some of those ideas to Penn State with me. And when Coach Shoup was like, "Hey, we're going to do self scout. Here's kind of how I want to do it. What are your thoughts?" And so I showed him this book that Coach Collins had us make, and so we kind of took Coach Shoup's ideas and Coach Collins' ideas, and we talk about two really good defensive minds, and we merged them together. Well, it just so happened that year that we were really, really good on defense at Penn State. Um, we had a really good rush defense. And so um, the the defensive staff from Alabama came up to do some professional development with us. And so when they came up, it was um, Coach Smart and it was Mel Tucker and it was Glenn Schumann and Tosh LaPoy um, and Coach Bo Davis. So you want to talk about some, a star-studded calf getting off a mm-hmm. private plane from Tuscaloosa, right, in this profession – and um, so, you know, we spent the entire day and we talked about self-scout and I showed him that book. And so Glenn Schumann had come with him, who was their, you know, their player personnel guy at Alabama and ended up now he's the inside linebackers coach at Georgia. And so I got a call when I was coaching at Davidson from Schumann and Shu was like, hey, listen, we got a QC spot. We want a guy that's coached football before. Kirby loved the work you did on that self-scout book. Um, would you be interested in coming to Georgia? And I was like, are you kidding me? The University of Georgia. And so, um, you know, that just, you know, again, right place, right time. But, you know, just being able to use those relationships formed in just a day of being at Penn State with some of those guys that had come from Alabama, you know, to turn that into a job at Georgia where I got a chance to coach in the national championship game, you know, and it's, you know, that's crazy to me. Like, you know, I was with, with Coach Cheney, who's now at Tennessee on that staff. And, I remember we won the SEC title that year, and he was like, man, I've been coaching 20-some-odd years and, and never won a conference title. And for me, like, I was in year, like, eight or nine of my coaching career. And, and you know, not a not an on-the-field full-time coach, but in a, you know, a pretty cool role as a QC, you know, learning and building the playbook and those type things. And, and I'm coaching in a national championship game and winning an SEC title, you know, that things that are very, very cool. Now, obviously, you know, those things are really fun and, and – you learning, learning experiences. But to me, I'm a big relationship guy. That's what I'm about. And, and to build those relationships with some of those coaches, um, you know, like you said, are going to last, you know, because again, coach Wilson gave me a shot. He gave me my first shot, you know, and, and who's to say we won't reconnect down the road. You know, I mean, he's now the D-line coach at Colorado after bouncing around in the NFL some, you know, so guys take different paths. You know, I told you about coach hand and, you know, I was the D-line GA at Penn State. But I sat literally sat right behind Herb Hand in our staff meetings. And every day Herb would come in and make fun of me. And that was Herb's way of telling me that he loved me. And so, um, you know, and so, I mean, even to this day, Herb and I still, you know, we'll exchange texts. And, you know, I've gotten to know him and, and his wife, Deb, and their kids extremely well. And, um, you know, just the, the relationships that you build, man, I think are critical um, in life, not just the football world, but in life, man, because those are people that you can count on. You know, I remember when, I had my son, he's two now, her was one of the guys that called me, you know, and like I said, I, I think I told you this before we jumped on, you, you get a lot of acquaintances in this profession. Um, but you know, there's a, there's very few guys that are truly friends, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and, and that's to me, the friends are the guys that, you know, when you get in a tough spot, you know, you can call those guys and count on them. You know, there's some guys on the staff that I'm on now at Kent State that I would be the same way, you know, um, that if I called them, I know they'd be there for me. You know, that we're truly like family. You know, I'm an only child, so I didn't have brothers and sisters and that family thing. But, you know, I get that vibe from, you know, guys I've worked with in the past, just from that relationship piece. So, 
So I have to ask you uh, about the book um, because a lot of quality control guys and analysts put together, you know, different books. What was it about the work you guys did that stood out so much that it would be able to, to get you a job at Georgia? <laughs> there are um, hundreds of studies to say the least. Um, I'm, I'm actually pulling up the folder um, on my surface now. Um, so we had, I mean, when I tell you we had so many things, man, there were efficiency studies. There were, you know, obviously there were um, personnel studies. There were stats. There were drive summaries. There were analysis on the coverages we ran, explosive plays. And if you gave up so many explosive plays on a drive, then that meant that they were going to score X percent of the time. And, you know, a momentum report and, you know, sacks and when they occurred during drives and how that led to, you know, not giving up points and, you know, studying, you know, TFLs and, you know, something that Manny Diaz did um, that, that we did at Mississippi State was called a slow grind study. And kind of the slow grind study was, you know, on average, how many plays it took you to score a touchdown. Well, like some people look at that and say, well, that's crazy, you know, but essentially it was the number of TDs divided by the number of total plays they ran in a year. And that's how many, you know, they're taking this many plays to score a touchdown, you know. And so essentially what Mel Tucker would call making them go the long, hard way, you know. So, and you know, I'm, when if you name it, study, we had it. Like, okay, a team is inefficient on first down. Let's say they throw an incomplete class on first down. Well, what are they doing on second down and how efficient are they when they do that runner pass on second down? Uh, you, I, I mean, seriously, you name it, we had it in terms of the study. Um, you know, studying ourselves and studying our opponents and how we could, you know, we had a thing called, you know, the plan to win at, at every place I've ever been, right? Everybody has a plan to win. Well, those weren't just things that we said at the beginning. It was, we actually compiled the numbers. And our biggest thing was we looked at and said, okay, how did they do versus us? And then what was their average in 2014, right? Or, it, it, I'm not just looking at the Penn State version, you know? And so like, for example, like we have this huge spreadsheet, like, we played Boston College in the Pinstripe Bowl this year, okay? And against us, they rushed for 289 yards. Not very good. Their season average was 254. So against us, they performed better than their average. So to us, that's a loss, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so we would look at all of those different numbers and say, okay, what, what, do we, who, what do we want our identity to be? Like what is our quote-unquote plan to win? And then we would look at it and say, okay, well, where did we come up short? Well, wherever we come up short, that's what we have to emphasize moving forward. Like, okay, we weren't very good on third downs. Well, how can we tweak our third down defense? Or we weren't very good against the pass. Well, what changes can we make? And to me, like quality control, everybody talks about, yeah, we do this quality control book. And to me, numbers, I'm a, again, I told you I'm very analytical. But when I look at it and say, well, how do you use the data? Yeah. Anybody can go in and build a spreadsheet. Anybody can go in and say, yeah, this was our numbers. What do you really learn from it? How do you take those numbers and kind of mold who you are to make yourself, a, again, I'm a defensive guy, so mold yourself into a better defense. Okay, well, our blitzes when we rushed five weren't very good. Well, why weren't they very good? Well, look, here's the data. Let's watch the film, figure out what happened, and so we can make ourselves better. You know, and I think that's, I think that's important. And some of it's, you know, some of it's what we call Johnny's and Joe's in the profession, and you know, scheme can only take you so far. That kid's mom and dad have to help you at some point, you know? Right. 
Um, and that's called recruiting. <laughs> and so, um, you know, but that, that book, I mean, again, you name it, we had it in there. So, so, so that you kind of started to touch on this a little bit here. Um, and I imagine coach someday, uh, your goal is to be a defensive coordinator, maybe beyond, but you know, when, when you get to that point, and I'm sure you're still doing a lot of these studies or having your QCs and analysts do these studies now, um, all that data sometimes can become overwhelming. So when you look at it, what really become the things that are going to pop and stick out? And I know it's probably going to be different from team to team, but as you're looking at all this data, being able to make it actionable, um, I guess, and, and simplify those things because at the end of the day, you only have so much time with your players, uh, whether that's in the classroom or on the field, you have to take some action on that data. So what things do you think you, you know, what would be your approach, I guess, would be a better question to how you would look at all this data. Right. I think the most important thing is look at, look at what you were good at, because I think that's important to understand what you're good at. Um, because if you have guys that are good at certain things, you can expand on those things. Um, and, and I think the other thing is look at how you can tweak the bad things. So build on the good things, tweak the bad things. So that's kind of my general philosophy, right? That's my coach speak answer. So my real answer, I think, is more so when you look at it, again, the numbers tell you one story, but when you watch the film, it tells you a different story. And I think the more that you can build a – okay, so let's say we struggle on third down because we played more zone, but we have good corners and safeties that can play man, Okay well, then we probably need to play more man on third down the next year because I think I'm a firm believer in fitting your scheme to your personnel. We can say all we want, like this is the greatest scheme, greatest scheme, blah, 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 but you have to fit it to your players, right? So I think once you figure out what your guys can do well, you build on that. And I think the other thing about that is is you take that information and like you said, you can only use so much of it. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I know. It, it, it really doesn't. It, what matters is what our guys can step between the white lines and execute. What they know is the most important thing. And for me, like looking at that is I can take all the data. And as a coach, that's our job. We take the data, we take the film, and we put it into a clear, concise plan for our players. And then we give them that data. And I think I'm a firm believer in word association. I'm a firm believer in, you know, any kind of catchphrase. Like we talk about breaking the egg when we're breaking on a football. What does breaking the egg mean? Well, it means when the quarterback's front hand comes off the ball, he breaks an egg. That sounds kind of silly, but every time we talk about that, I guarantee our kids know what it means. And, and so there's little bitty phrases and things like that that you take that data, that big, like you said, those clumps of data, build it into a plan, and then you have to communicate that plan. And the other thing we have to think about too, and this is probably from – you know, me being an educator is every kid learns a different, like I got safeties in my room right now. There's one safety, you know, I say, Hey, this is what you do. And he's like, cool. Got it, coach. There's another safety that I've got to take him out on the field. You know, like, let's say we're running a certain route concept and I have to actually put him in the back, let the receivers run the concept and say, this is what that looks like. He goes, Oh yeah. Okay. I get it now. There's another guy I got that if I show him film or show him on paper, he gets it. So you have to understand are my guys visual learners, you know, what kind of learners are they? And as you build your relationships with your players, I think you're going to understand how they learn best. Then you're going to be able to get them the information that helps them recall it on game day. 
Um, you know, another good thing is, is we, we do get to coach on game day. It's not like we, you know, let them prepare for a test all week and then run them out there. I think one of the things that Coach Lewis always says at Kent State and that I love is he says, we get to take the test with the players on game day. We let them study for a test all week. We help them. We show them all the answers. We show them the film. And then on game day, sometimes the test has some trick questions that pop up that maybe we didn't see on film or anything like that, but we're able to take that test with our players. And I think that's huge because now we're helping them with that test and, and we don't just push them out there and say, okay, you got it, go and, and kind of set them up for failure. But we're able to, you know, really work with them and help them out on game day, get them on, I'm in the box. So get them on a headset and say, Hey, look, here's what they're showing. Remember this showed up on film on Tuesday, you know, and now you're able to, to, again, that relationship, you remind them, or maybe it's a, a, a phrase or a, you know, something that you've done that, that triggers it in their brain that helps them remember. Um, that was a long answer. I don't even know if I answered your question. No, I started chasing no definitely. Um, well, I think what really comes through is, is the idea that, you know, whatever you are going to focus on, whether that's some of the strengths or the weaknesses for you, this is going to be grounded in some, uh, you know, some sound teaching that goes along with it. And that's, that's really come through through this interview, how much you value uh, being a teacher of the game, you know, what's, what's interesting as, as we, uh, you know, most of us sit at home and communicate through zoom or, um, you know, other virtual means, uh, we kind of have to approach how, how are we teaching now with this format, you know, as, as you've been faced with this and looking at this from, you know, that, that viewpoint of a teacher, what have been some of your best practices to, to go about, you know, your team meetings or installs or whatever you've been able to do during this time? Sure. I think, um, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like if um, I wish I would have gone back, I wish I had a time machine and can go back in time and create Zoom before it actually created because then I wouldn't be coaching football anymore, <laughs> especially now. Um, <laughs> so uh, Zoom has been such a huge, huge tool for us just in our staff. I mean, we do our staff meetings on Zoom. We've had, I mean, we do um, – our corners and safeties meet together. And so we've done like DB meetings on zoom. I've done like, actually I'm in the process I'm going through. Um, and for a second time now meeting with the safeties one-on-one -on -one, and we're just watching one-on-ones. Um, they're one-on-one -on -one pass reps from the spring. Uh, you know, we got five practices and we were fortunate and we've got, you know, each, each guy probably has about 10 to 15 clips of one-on-ones and just kind of talking about certain techniques. Uh, and I'm able to share my screen and literally I can have a stylus and I can like circle things and draw things and, and show them exactly what I want to teach them. And it's more of an intimate setting than maybe so a, a position meeting room where, you know, I got a, a guy who we practice in the morning. So our special teams meeting starts at seven. So I got a guy who stayed up all night, you know, last night because he was playing Xbox or whatever. Well, now I'm going to say, Hey, we're in quarantine. Let's meet at two o'clock in the afternoon because I know you're going to be awake and, you know, we can sit in there and say, hey, look, this is what happened. Here's how we can correct that. Now, the hard part about that is I'm not going to see them corrected until who knows when, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But in terms of the teaching aspect, you know, I mean, we're able to like I'm, I'm able to build PowerPoints and put them into our, you know, our system. Our, we use DB Sport. And so I can I can import those. And, and now I'm sitting there showing them, hey, this is what it looks like on paper here's what it looks like on film, you know, and then even sometimes I've got some NFL clips uh, of games that, that I've pulled or, you know, of a certain coverage or the, the way a certain safety plays. Cause I think 
the, the two things that I, I've learned that guys want to see is they want to see themselves and they want to see NFL players yeah. because right, wrong, or indifferent kids and heck any guy has a high opinion of themselves, right? We always think we do things the right way. Um, and so seeing ourselves on, I think seeing those guys, seeing themselves on film is extremely important. And then seeing someone at the, at the professional level that, you know, is quote unquote, a professional who, they view as the guy at the, the top level, right? The NFL is the top level. There's nothing greater than that. So going in and, and pulling clips of safeties at that level and saying, look, when this guy's playing man-to-man coverage, here's how he does it. Well, now look at how you're playing it. That's exactly how he's doing it. So I think that instills confidence in, in guys. And, you know, just you can study the scheme in the NFL, but to me the, the NFL game and the college game are different, you know? So just looking at, how we can fit that to our guys. But from a teaching standpoint, man, I think this quarantine has been phenomenal just in terms of being able to, to go over the things and, and show them film and, and pull different data points and, you know, pull in, you know, like, you know, different guys and say, Hey, look, this is, you know, maybe it's not a one-on-one meeting, but you pull in two guys and say, Hey, you know, we're going to, you guys play, you know, a lot of man, you know, at that nickel position. Okay. Well here nickels, let's have a quick little meeting of us three guys. Well, now we're saying, okay, Hey, here's how we play this certain technique. And now it's not every safety and it's, you know, in a meeting having to listen to that three minute coaching spiel about the nickels. Now I can pull them into a meeting and it's more individualized coaching. And I think that's been huge. I mean, cause the reality is all we got is time, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's that there is no, you know, it, you know, things are starting to open back up slowly, you know, as we keep progressing through this thing. But, you know, for the past month or so, everybody's just had time, you know, and obviously there were some academic things that were built in. You know, we would have academic meetings weekly to talk about with our guys. And, you know, Zoom has been a phenomenal way to stay in touch more so than anything. And it's a little bit easier than, you know, maybe a FaceTime call. Right. So moving forward, when things get back to normal when there is that time crunch and, and uh, you know, things you have to do. Is there anything you think you're going to be carrying forward that has helped, I guess, in that efficiency or has helped in the teaching? I do. Um, you know, there's um, one of the things that, that I've just kind of discovered and started playing around with um, is a thing called Google Forms. Mm-hmm. And I had never, never heard of it before. And I was doing a, uh, I was talking to a guy and, he was like, man, we use Google Forms all the time. And I'm like, what's Google Forms? <laughs> and he was like, what do you mean, what's Google Forms? Um, it's like Google Sheets. It's like everything. And so um, he kind of showed me some things. And I think one of the things that we're going to do um, just moving forward as DBs is being able to go in and create daily quizzes, not necessarily quizzes, but kind of daily recalls, yep. um, you know, and be able to, after, on a, after a Tuesday practice, maybe I can draw a route because you can insert a picture into these Google Forms draw a picture of a route concept and say, Hey, you know, you know, question number two is here's this route concept. Who has the out route, you know, corner or safety and make it multiple choice. And now I can see what information they're retaining, you know? So that's something that I've done during this, during the quarantine is, is using this Google forms and like saying, Hey, when we get this motion, how do we handle it? Well, that's easy for them to do right now because they can go pull up notes. Well, now it's after a, a Wednesday practice after we're, you know, the week of, you know, Ohio University, we're playing OU this weekend, huge game. You know, they've been so successful and they beat us by a touchdown the past two years. Well, that's a game we got to win. You know what I mean? And especially if we want to get to where we're going in the back. Well, now on a Wednesday practice, hey, how do we handle this? Or what's our check to this formation or, or whatever? Well, now I can just throw a picture of that formation in there 
ask them a question. Well, now if I get that answer back and again, Google forms, I can, they can be laying in their dorm room and open it up on their phone and answer the questions real quick. I get those answers back and everybody missed question four. Well, yeah. that's my call. That's my fault. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the coach's fault. Now I better, I better go over question four tomorrow in the meeting to make sure everybody's on the same page. Um, and I think that's something that I've learned during this time that I think is going to be huge for us going forward. Because again, like I mentioned earlier, it doesn't matter what I know. It doesn't matter what Coach Hood, who's our corners coach, knows. It's about what our guys can get on the field and communicate and execute at a high level. And, you know, anything, any edge that we can create for our guys to do that, we're going to use. Um, you know, we, we do a lot of, you know, creating cut-ups and, and sending them to the guys. But I think being able to use kind of some quote-unquote quizzes throughout the week, I think it will help our, you know, help us understand what our guys are really retaining and how we can build upon that, you know, to help them, you know, understand better maybe the game plan or things like that. Yeah, definitely. Well, Coach, you you mentioned knowing who these guys are as learners and that a lot of that comes from building the relationship. And, and for you, it doesn't start when they get through the doors. This is something you start in recruiting and, and that you, you know, your approach to it is you're not just recruiting that player you're understanding, you know, everybody in their life and who they are and their influences that you're you're also recruiting those people who are on, you know, the periphery of this individual athlete. Talk to us about building those relationships in in your approach. Sure. Um, you know, like I told you earlier, you know, that was something uh, being an only child, I didn't have, you know, my my I was like, uh, I had a bunch of friends, you know, I never met, I could talk to the wall right here beside me. You know, I never met somebody who was a stranger. That's what people used to say about me. And just, I think part of that was because I was an only child and I had to make friends. And, um, you know, another piece of that is just, you know, I told you before we got started, that was something that coach Franklin stressed at Penn state was in that recruiting process is just the relationship piece. And, uh, you know, just thinking back to all the things that coach Franklin did, you know, just, he was, you know, one of the most down to earth people, you know, we would be working in the springtime when the coaches would be on the road recruiting and coach Franklin would come into the GA office and prop his feet up on the table and just kind of shoot the breeze with us, you know? And so to me, that just showed that he meant what he said when he talked about relationships. And so that was a big piece of it that I learned, you know, and, and to, to get back to your question, I think the biggest thing for us is as we recruit these guys and, and kind of the approach that I take is, yeah, you're going to get that kid to come into your program and, and, you know, play for you and, and do those things. And I always tell the guys, there's, you know, two things that you'll always, you know, coach, Hood, I got this from coach Hood and I think it's really, really good. Two things that you'll always get. If you come play for myself or coach Hood in that DB room at Kent state is one, we're going to get you a college degree. And two, you're going to hear about the gospel at some point, just how important that is to us. Never going to force it on you, but it's going to be something that you hear just because Jesus is important to us. And so, um, you know, we put a, a, a scripture on every single one of our tests that we hand out on Friday um, to our guys. And so it's just a part of who we are. And um, I think the biggest thing when you look at recruiting to me is relationships, because kids have to trust you to know that you're going to help develop them. Parents have to trust you that you're going to take care of their son, because in reality, who you are in college is kind of who you are for the rest of your life. Um, the friends that you make in college are the friends you have for the rest of your life because they are kind of, as you're starting, you go from essentially childhood, that's that gap of childhood to adulthood is college. And that kind of forms who you are because you're not under your parents' house anymore. 
and it's more of you're becoming your own person. And so parents have to trust that you're going to take care of them. And so recruiting parents is a huge thing for me. Um, I think, you know, you have to build the trust of the parents, um, you know, and sometimes it's a single parent or sometimes it's a, you know, a grandmother or sometimes it's a, you know, whoever it may be. Sometimes it's a trainer that they work with or the high school coach. And when we use the term champion, you got to figure out who the champion is. And, and once you find out who that person is, you have to make sure you incorporate that person uh, into the decision. Not that you're going to let the other people fall by the wayside, but you want to be able to touch, like you said, all those people on the periphery and, and kind of lay out the plan of success that you have for the person. Because when you go recruiting, right, and when I'm recruiting a safety, I've got a board of safeties, right? Let's say there's 10 safeties. We have more than that, but that's just an easy number for people to, to visualize. There's 10 safeties. Well, every single one of those 10 guys probably has a support system of 15 to 20 people that they love that kid and care about that kid more than anything else. So I have to do a good job of making sure I hit those kids, not just the kid, but that periphery of all those people that care about them to let them know that, hey, if your loved one comes in place for me, he's going to be taken care of and he's going to get a college degree. And we're going to help develop him not only as a football player, but off the field as well. We're going to help him socially, mentally. Um, you know, if he needs help spiritually, we can help him that way as well. So all those facets of life that are going to help turn their young adult into an adult, we want to make sure that the people that are around that person understand, hey, we're going to help him with that. And I think that's a huge piece of the recruiting tool is because it is trust. Because for us, you know, for, you know, just in terms of recruiting, right? Like I recruit Atlanta because of my time at Georgia. Well, you're talking about sending a kid from Atlanta, Georgia, or, you know, the metro area all the way up to Northeast Ohio. That's a different culture. That's a different climate. <laughs> that's, you know, there's a lot of differences yeah. in Georgia, you know, South Georgia, where, you know, we're, you know, and then moving up to Northeast Ohio, a little different. And so it's the, getting the people in the periphery to understand, hey, when he gets up here, guess what? He's going to get homesick. That's part of college but he's also going to have a support system in place that we're going to take care of him and help him develop and help him grow into a man. And, and, you know, I tell guys all the time in the recruiting process that, you know, when, when you come to a certain place, we want to get you a career. Anybody can go get a job. I can go to McDonald's and get a job, but we want to set you up with a career that of the choice of, you know, your choice of, Hey, I want to be a, you know, mechanical engineering. Awesome. We're going to get you a career now because football doesn't last forever. And I think, there's so many different points that you hit on recruiting, but to me, it's the relationship, you know, just in terms of, and, and I think to that point is as a coach, you have to be comfortable. You know, we, we staff recruit a lot. And, and the one thing I've learned about that at Kent state is, is sometimes I'm going to be recruiting a kid. And as I learn more about him, I may know that someone else on our staff has been through some of the things that that kid's been through in life or that that parent has maybe been through in life. And I'm going to use that coach as a reference point to that kid. And I think the more you figure out about your staff and trust your staff to staff recruit, like, you know, for example, let's say, you know, there's a, a kid that's getting recruited on our, by someone on our staff that, you know, is a single parent home. Well, I was a single parent home because my parents got divorced. Well, hey, let me talk. Let me jump on the phone with him and talk about that. Or maybe a kid's going through a divorce. Well, I went through that when I was in high school. So I can relate to that kid. And I think the more that you can find guys on your staff that can relate to issues that kids are dealing with or, you know, certain 
places that kids live. Like, hey, I'm from, you know, I recruit Mississippi. I'm from Mississippi. We got a kid that's at a Mississippi JUCO. Like, hey, I lived in Mississippi for, you know, 20 years. I know, you know, 21 years. I know what that's like, you know. And so anytime you can pull those relationship pieces and the more you can dig and find out, and now you're starting to touch on more feelings than just, hey, come here and play football and we're going to win games and we're going to do this. Like, you're going to build on those relationships. And like you said, the more that I know about a kid before he walks in the door, I can only do that. I can only build off of that so much more for the next four years, you know, in terms of, you know, showing them that I care about them. But now I get to coach them really hard and get what I need out of them on the football field. But that, you, that, that just doesn't come from scratch. You've got to build that relationship with that kid. And I think everybody knows that, but I think the more that you can, you know, touch those people in their lives, I think you're going to help yourself a ton in the recruiting world. Coach in, you know, in football, there, there are those programs that start to, um, they do a good job communicating their culture. It actually starts to become part of their brand. And we've had coach Lewis on before we've had coach Souter on. Um, but, uh, for you guys, BTA, be the alpha is a, a big part of that. And, you know, a foundation of what coaches put in place for you guys at Kent state, how have you taken ownership in that concept of be the alpha? Yeah. Um, so I, I love that. Um, so be the alpha just for, you know, people that may not know kind of what that means. Our definition of that is daily improving our best and showing up when the family needs us most, you know, so we, we preach it to our guys that, you know, Hey, we're down in the fourth quarter. We need somebody to go make a play. You know, it's, it's fourth down against Buffworth and goal against Buffalo and we need a play to score to keep us in that game to help us go to a bowl game. And Dustin Crump throws a pass to Mike Kerrigan for a touchdown on fourth and goal from the four that keeps us alive. That's some alpha type characteristics. You know, we need, you know, we're down, we got a couple guys injured against the school down the road. And Will Matthews, who's a senior for us, um, who has a successful food truck company now, you know, rushes for over 200 yards. That's alpha type stuff for us. You know, we need a, a you know, last game of the year against Eastern Michigan and we got to win and we have a safety get two interceptions and have a TFL and block a, a field goal. Well, that's alpha type qualities. And so that's showing up when the family needs you. And I think for, you know, just for me is just in those regards, it's, I want to be, I want to, I tell the guys all the time and, and coach Hood and I talk about this in our meeting room is to match our energy because it's not the easiest thing in the world to ask a 19 year old to get up every single morning and practice as hard as they can super early in the morning. And for me, I think the biggest thing is get them to match up my energy. If I can wake up and I can be energetic, now it's going to take me a couple cups of coffee during that special teams meeting. Um, but once I get going, if I can get them to match our energy, um, it's only going to build and build and build. And I think that's kind of, for me, that's the biggest thing for me. And then kind of that, you know, improving our best on a daily basis is where can I grow and finding one, one area that you can grow every day, you know, whether you say, Hey, um, you know, today it's going to be, and it can be anything, right? Like, um, you know, I just started this keto diet and it's, you know, what could the one thing be today? Well, it's, you know, make sure my carb intake doesn't go over a certain level. Well, to me, that may sound silly, but that's something that you're setting your mind to. And discipline is a huge part of, you know, the things that we're doing. So what is it that that day, you know, I've been doing a lot of professional development since I've, I've been quarantined, you know, and so it's, Hey, who can I reach out to that? I really like the way that they, you know, their DBs are really good. How can I, can I get in touch with them through Twitter and, or whatever and, and maybe be that sponge again and take a ton of notes and 
figure out if there's a little nugget that I can take away from that to help my guys be better, you know, and I think that's kind of how I try to embody that is, is always trying to learn and always trying to make myself better. So in turn, I can help my players be better uh, on and off the field. Coach, you shared a lot of great stuff with us here today on the podcast, but looking at all the things you do as the coach, what's the one thing that you do that really gives your players the winning edge? Uh, I think the biggest thing is I love them. And that may sound like a, a, a silly answer, but I think that every single one of my guys, like if you called every safety on our roster, they would tell you that I got their back. Um, whether they're right or wrong or whether they did good or bad, like they know, like they can come to me, I'm going to put my arm around them and I'm going to help them. Whether that's, you know, on the, in football or in life, you know, and, and it's not just a, it's not a um, four year thing. Um, it's the rest of their life thing. You know, like I, I'm a, like a, the relationship piece, right? I think that's the, the biggest thing is they know I love them. They know I got their back. And I think that frees them up to go out there and, and play and not be afraid to make mistakes. Uh, because, it, you know, I, I'm, you know, I, I think the biggest thing for me is they are going to make mistakes and, and everybody makes mistakes, but it's, it's either, I don't care about mistakes. I care about solutions. Nobody cares about problems, but how can I, how can we get, create solutions? And I think that's the biggest thing for me is that I love them. I'm going to put my arm around them. I'm going to give them that ability to go out there and play kind of carefree and and knowing that, Hey, if I do screw up, we're going to learn from it and we're going to grow from it and we're going to get better. Coach, I know you shared uh, one of your areas, at least as far as recruiting, but uh, for our listeners, again, what areas around the country do you recruit? Uh, I recruit uh, in Ohio. I recruit the Dayton area, um, and then I'll kind of work north to south. I recruit uh, Louisville, uh, kind of the Louisville area, you know, Louisville and surrounding um, area there. I recruit uh, kind of Charlotte Metro, uh, the Queen City um, metro area there, a couple counties around Mecklenburg. And then uh, Coach Hood, who's our corners coach, and I both recruit Atlanta. We kind of take it and split it in half along I-20. So I kind of take the north half, and he takes the south half of that. Um, so those are my big areas. And then obviously safeties from uh, all over. Obviously we're looking for the best safeties that can come in. And so positionally we recruit all over at, um, you know, we recruit Canada some as well. So uh, we're not only nationwide, we're going global with our safety recruiting. So, <laughs> Coach, what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you? Very easily can find me on Twitter, Coach Wyndham, W-I-N-D-H-A-M. It's easy. Uh, you can hit me there, Coach Wyndham, very easy. Um, my email address is just my first initial W last name, Wyndham at Kent.edu. Very easy to catch me there as well. Uh, always, you know, can get in touch with me there and then, you know, we can link that way and whatever, you know, if I can ever be of assistance to anybody, you know, I'm always a, a, an open book. And, and again, guys gave me opportunities in this profession that I'll forever be grateful for. I think I tweeted about it last week. And if I started to name them, it would take me hours and there's not enough characters on Twitter, but you know, you, we all need guys in this profession to help us grow and help us move. And I think that's, you know, something I would love to be a, you know, a resource for guys that are up and coming in the profession. So. Well, coach, I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing with us here and best of luck to you and the golden flashes in 2020. Thanks Keith. Appreciate it.